Welcome back to Cairo Nights. I'm Spike O'Neill along with Matt Butler. Going to shift gears and talk about dreams. That's a great song. Yeah. (laughs) Who was that we were just listening to? Excuse me. That was a band called Cage the Elephant. Okay. The song is called Social Cues. Gotcha. They are an awesome band. Check them out. And you played the new Depeche Mode the other night. Ghosts Again, yes. And uh, I heard Nicole Jennings announce this afternoon that uh, they're touring and they've added a leg that will bring them to Seattle this November, if I heard correctly. Yeah, I believe it is November. I'm not not sure on the date. I think the 26th, maybe. Okay. I'm not sure. But we'll have more information for you. You'll hear about it coming. But they're going to be playing the uh, Climate Pledge Arena, Depeche Mode, with new music that, that I loved when you played it earlier this week, too. Just fantastic. We can probably get some of that on before the night's over. And it's funny because when you were a little kid, we're talking about your dream job. What did you want to be when you grow up, right? I, I imagine you, Matt, wanted to be on the radio. I went through a phase of wanting to be an astronaut. Cool. Mainly because I wanted to get away from people. <laughs> And it seemed like a good plan. But now with all of the, the possible suggestion that there's actually ex- extraterrestrial life, yeah. I'm a little dubious. I think I might have to stick it out here on Earth. Interesting. Plus, Interesting I'm really concept. afraid of being like rocketed into the atmosphere. I will not be getting on a SpaceX anytime soon. You know, it's funny you mention that because there's a, there was a study done of 2,000 people. It was done by uh, a, a group called a, a company called Zeti. I'm not sure what Zeti does or if they're just a research company or or what, but there was a study done of um, 2,000 Americans. What did you want to be when you grow up? What was your childhood dream job when you were a little kid? And it's funny, uh, as you mentioned, astronaut. And I think a lot of the kids of my age who grew up in the moon landing age, the Apollo age, right, Um I can remember the moon landing live. I remember watching it on TV as a little kid. I mean, I was only six, but that kind of thing sticks with you. I remember that. And I remember a lot of kids my age dreamt of growing up to be an astronaut. They took a survey of 2,000 Americans, and sadly, only one in three Americans do what they wanted to do when they were a little kid, or less than that, about... About 33%, about one in three, yeah. So, and they have a list of the top jobs that people, that people said they wanted to be when they grew up. A sixth of Americans, one sixth of all Americans wanted to be a doctor when they grew up. Of the top uh, grown-up jobs, people wanted to be when they were little kids, things like teacher, veterinarian, musician, movie star. This poll by Zeddy conducted that two-thirds failed to fulfill their childhood dreams. I think it's, I think it's pretty amazing that one-third, one in three people fulfilled their childhood dreams. I, think, I, see, I see optimism in that. One in three people got to be what they wanted to be when they were a little kid. Mostly because they asked both men and women, and most of this, the most of the research that says one in three became what they wanted to be when they were little kids, is because the ladies had a much more realistic point of view. 
I'll give you an example. America's top 20 childhood dreams. I mentioned that one in six wanted to be a doctor. That was the number one thing in this poll, the top 20 things that people wanted to be when they grew up. A doctor, a teacher, a veterinarian. Number four is a musician, a movie star, professional athlete, artist, a business owner. Some little kids said they wanted to be a business owner. How forward thinking of you. I bet your dad was probably a business owner and you wanted to do that too. Or your mom was a business owner. I don't mean to be a misogynist. A writer, police officer, fashion designer, architect, secret agent, a chef, a superhero, graphic designer, newsman, oh, an anchor or a journalist. Number 17 on the top 20 childhood dream jobs. Firefighter, marine biologist, and race car driver. Now, when I say that one in 20 Americans, excuse me, one in, one in three Americans are doing the job they wanted to do when they were a little kid, I think I, when I tell you the difference between what little boys wanted to be when they grew up and what little girls wanted to be when they grew up, you can see why the women are really saving our bacon when it comes to having your dream job as an adult. For the men... The top 10 dream jobs for little boys in America. Professional athlete, number one. Doctor, musician, police officer, business owner, superhero, teacher, movie star, architect, and firefighter. Now, for for little girls in America, their top 10 dream jobs were teacher, Doctor, veterinarian, movie star, writer, artist, fashion designer, musician, business owner, and chef. So as you can see, the girls had a little more realistic point of view about what their dream job was when they grow up. Two-thirds of Americans failed to live up to their childhood dream. of Americans wish they had followed their dreams and gotten their dream job. 82% of Americans aren't pursuing their childhood dream at all. One thing about dream jobs and dream lives is be careful of what you wish for because you might get it. You might get to the end. You might get all this education, get all of this stuff, and then you get later in your life and you realize... I really just burnt up half my life. <laughs> getting the education, getting in the field. Yeah, you and- the pressure. I mean, look at it, look at how much rich people, look at how much the super rich who have more than they can spend in a lifetime. Look at how much energy and legislative capital and money and time and lawyers and people they have to defend their riches. Elon Musk is one of the most insecure defensive people in the universe <laughs> and he will never have poverty. Wow. That that is a that's a conundrum. Would you trade it for all the money for for all for never have to worry about anything? You know, I mean like how can he be how can he be all the and you're right about I think you're spot on about who Elon Musk is. How can he even be that way, given the fact that he'll never want for anything? 
because wealth and power don't make people happy. Okay. A lot of quest for wealth and power <laughs> stem from personal insecurities where yeah, we've all yeah, decided yeah. our life and our humble state isn't enough or it creates a fight response where real life is so bloody hard half the time hmm. we can't provide for those we love. So we start fighting, we get into the stream of the fight, and it overtakes us. And ultimately, we may die rich, but we die. So <laughs> you'd rather be happy and struggle? I'm just asking. I'm I'm not passing judgment in any way, shape, or form. Some people can struggle and be happy. Yeah. Some people just get just get pulled under. Struggle is the undertow. I I hear you. It depends entirely on your psychological profile. Uh, Me, if I had the money, I'd just buy an island and disappear. Okay. That's fair. I appreciate the honest assessment, man. You know, I I know teachers are overworked. I know teachers are underpaid. I know teachers are under attack these days from these school boards we talk about where parents want to – parents who don't want to go to a PTA meeting but want to pick the curriculum in their, their kid's class. That one always drove me nuts. You want to get involved in your kid's education, start going to, to parent-teacher night. Start meeting, the, start meeting the person, the teacher in your classroom who actually deals with your kid on a daily basis. And if your kid screws up, don't hold the teacher accountable. Hold your kid accountable. Hold yourself accountable as a parent. Used to be if a parent walked into a parent-teacher conference and there was a bad grade on the table, the parents would say to the kid, explain this. It seems to me nowadays when the parents walk into a parent-teacher conference and there's a bad grade on the table, they look at the teacher and say, explain this. Like it's the teacher's fault their kid doesn't put any effort in. That just blows my mind. The number one dream job of of little girls in America is a teacher. And they fulfilled their childhood dream. And they're underpaid and they're overworked and they're undersupported. And they're attacked. Not physically. Sometimes. Sometimes physically. There was a story the other day, and we didn't get to it, but there was a story the other day about how many school districts are now moving their meetings online. Now, you can still watch as a parent, and you can still interact, but can you guess why they're taking them online? Oh, I know why they're taking them online. And, and you're right, and I was, I was thinking about that story, giving this childhood dream story, right? People become <laughs> – boy, this is – I'm, I'm going to stand up so we can dig into this. When your local politician and your chosen form of media are telling you that your kid is being taught things in school, that your kid's not being taught in school. If, if you're being told that your kid is taught to hate somebody because of the color of their skin, if your, if your kid is being told, if you're being told that your kid is being taught in school that because of his skin color, it's his fault that we have these issues in this country. That's really not an accurate portrayal of what's being taught in schools. We're talking about critical race theory at this moment, right, for, for complete uh, inclusion to all the audience. So we're not – no gray areas here. Critical race theory is a college-level course that speaks to the institutional racism that has been part of this country's history and how we can remember this history, learn from this history so we cannot repeat this history and evolve as a more inclusive nation. Or woke, as some people like to call it. Right? So when you're being told that your kid is being, you know, 
indoctrinated or groomed because his teacher might be gay or her teacher might be gay. If you're being told that, you want to go to a school board and raise some hell. So the problem, you know, the fact that we can't have in-face school board meetings anymore because people are getting violent at school board meetings, members of the school boards are being threatened, physically threatened, life-threatening threats against school board members. The fact that we have to have online or virtual school board meetings anymore for the safety of the school board, that's a horrific place for us to have gotten to. But let's roll it back and we'll keep talking about what you wanted to be as a little kid. The fact that little girls in America wanted to be teachers is the number one dream job for little girls in America, along with doctor, veterinarian. These are real jobs that people really have, whereas little boys wanted to be, you know, a superhero, professional athlete, musician. Cowboy. Cowboy. Well, you know, it's funny. You mentioned um, astronaut. Astronaut's not on the list. Cowboy's not on the list. I know. Maybe with... uh, Yellowstone being so popular. Maybe Cowboys will make a return. Maybe it'll list. make a return. Do you, like, like, ho- like Homer and Mabel have made the list of names for, for kids again. I was going to ask, do you think, have you seen this as generational? Like the jobs that you would aspire to as a kid in your generation or I would aspire to, how much is that changing now with young people today? Like what do they want to grow up and be that – you know, like like you say, the ones we think of are not even, some of them aren't even on the list. Right. Well, the fact that astronauts not on the list, I think, is generational. We were raised in the space age, right? When when rocket ships took off, it was a news event. When the shuttle lander took off, it was a news event. So do they all want to be coders now or something? You know, it's not on the list. <laughs> it's really not. Video um, game designer. I bet that's, that's it's not, got, You know, oh, it's not. For, I know, I know, I know. I hear you. You know, medical records. You know, technician. That, that, that's a, yeah, there's who a, aspires to who that? Who aspires to sit in a cubicle and look at, you know, look at a 10W45 form or whatever form it was they had in office space? I, uh, I, I, I'm also guessing that our uh, sacred and hallowed profession is not on that list either. I don't see disc jockey. Yeah. Either the boys or the girls. Nobody wants to be a disc <laughs> jockey anymore. You know, journalist, news reporter is on the list. Right? That's that's Fantastic. It wasn't the top 10 on either boys or girls, but it made the top 20 for overall. Good on you. What is the number one? Did we get to that yet? What is the most desire? I think you said for girls it was teacher. For girls it was teacher, um, and it was number two on both lists for boys and girls, and number one overall was doctor. One in six little kids wanted to be a doctor when they grew up, and they are, and they are today. One in six was number two profession for boys and for girls. But again, boys wanted to be professional athletes. Little girls wanted to be teachers as the number one for the gender breakdown of those two lists of, of dream jobs. You know, the whole school board thing is, is heartbreaking. It's heartbreaking where we are in the, way of, in the way of school boards. And I think that is because of extremism and from hyperbole and people uh, running these culture war issues about whether it's transgender folks or race, critical race theory being taught in schools, all these culture things. It's Florida. Florida's the problem. I'll point it all in Florida. Cut it off and float it. Yeah, Floristan. I talked to it. I called it Floristan today. Somebody agreed with me. Um, and then we talked about, you know, politicians. And by a lot of accounts, Ron DeSantis could become the next president of the United States. We'll see. We'll see how it plays out. I, yeah, now I want to buy that island even worse. I know, right? I want to talk about changing the topic and, and dreams and little kids and stuff. And Yeah.
I think you're right about the generational change too, man. Our next generation, they're all going to be influencer. Is going to be the dream job. And if you ask teenagers today, what's your dream job? But influencer would be one of the top two, male or female. Mm, that's just heartbreaking. But hey, like my dad said, never deny another man is scam. You can make money telling people how to put on makeup. You do you. Go on. Make that cheddar. It's Kyra Knights of Spike O'Neill along with Matt Butler. Yeah, make that cheddar. Way to go, Spike. Way to sound your age, dork. We'll be right back. So this, of course, is the Kinks, Ray and Dave Davies. Um, and the Kinks, by the way, do not get their due in my book. Kinks were formed in 1963 in London. And th- their work, um, you from You Really Got Me to Where Have All the Good Times Gone, um, you name it. The, the, we could spend an, a show, an entire night's show, talking about the, the diversity and skill and brilliance of the kinks. Um, I, I got to, I've seen the kinks in concert so many times. Um, Sailor Heroes, you name it, Lola, of course. I got to sing low budget into Ray Davies' microphone one night, took a date to the kinks show, got front row tickets, Paramount, or excuse me, Meriwether Post Pavilion, Columbia, Maryland. We sat in front row, and they were doing low budget as an encore. And I say, we, I, my date got to see. Ray didn't care about me. But my date got to sing low budget into his microphone during the chorus callback of the song Low Budget. I bring up this story because the Kinks are trying to take advantage of the modern world and the modern marketing that is Twitter. And they're putting new music out. Well, not mute. They're putting together a compilation, a new compilation for the Kinks on the 60th anniversary of the band. 60th anniversary. As I mentioned, they're formed in 1963, just like me. And there's a compilation called The Journey Part One. And so they're tweeting it out. And Twitter, in its infinite wisdom, is putting a warning label on every kink's tweet that says we put a warning label on this tweet because it might have sensitive content. And and I'm looking at this, I'm like, you have got to be kidding me. Well, Spike, Spike, wait a minute, wait, wait, wait a minute. Uh-huh. This story can't possibly be true because Twitter is now run by a free speech absolutist. Well, um, 
and I, <laughs> I agree. And it's not, it's not, he's not barring the content. He's putting a warning label on the content. But I thought the whole thing with Elon was that Twitter users can decide for themselves what they want to see and that they weren't going to be censoring people. So, <laughs> I, I mean, I don't know what's – I mean, are you telling me a billionaire lied to me? Oh, I, my gosh. I'm telling you that sometimes the, the – yes, first off, the billionaire lied to us. No, but the system's in place, um, and there are words that flag the system, Right. That get these warning labels. It's not the music of Ray and Dave Davies. So does every tweet that says says something like "Don't kink shame." Does that get filtered too? I think it might. I think the word "kink" is the key here. Jeez. Yeah, there's a warning label. We put a warning up because this might have sensitive content. Ray Davies felt the need to write to Elon Musk directly. Dear Elon Musk, would Twitter please stop putting warning labels on everything from the kinks? We're just trying to promote our kink music, kinks music, at the kinks and the kinks 60. And then Dave had to put out another one. Um, the kinks are a band name. We've been called the kinks since 1963. <laughs> In fact, 50, well, <laughs> the writer of this story, and the story comes to us from a website called Stereo Gum. The writer of the story took some, took some artistic liberty. And some speculation. And uh, the writer who is Tom Brehan, staff writer for for the Stereo Gum website, he took a little bit of a liberty here. It says, Dave, Dave Davies doesn't seem to be considering the idea that Musk's transpho buddies could be trying to stop the insidious spread of Kinks music and their, 19, their, their 53-year-old hit Lola. You remember Lola, right? Cross-dressing Lola. And it's interesting that that song was initially banned from the BBC, and not because of the subject matter, but because they name-checked a brand. And since the BBC was a publicly public broadcaster, they couldn't do advertising. So that actually kept that song off the BBC for a long time. Uh, the line is, uh, I, I met her in a club down in Old Soho where they drink champagne and it tastes just like Coca-Cola. Exactly. And it was actually changed to Cherry Cola for that particular BBC band. So they could get their song on the BBC. Tastes just like cherry cola, C-O-L-A cola. But Coke was the Coca-Cola. Um, I don't think any human is making this decision. I think it's a it's a, a keyword that is flagged. And well, but, in but, fact- but, but, but you know Elon, right? Like he's, he's always standing up for the free speech of people like Donald Trump and <laughs> Ye and all the rest of I'm sure he was very quick to respond to this tweet, right? And take care of the situation. Uh, nope. Oh, okay. <laughs> not, not, you, you are just destroying my faith in the wealthy. At the time of this writing, <laughs> uh, no, yeah. People, the, the Twitter, the high ups, the mucky mucks, Elon himself, no one has responded to this from Twitter to let uh, Dave Davies know that the kinks uh, journey part one, which will be released on March 24th of this year on BMG that uh, no one from, uh, from Twitter has stepped to say, Hey, our bad. We'll stop flagging your tweets with a sensitive content warning label. One of the, uh, one of the responders on the website's <laughs> comment column, Hey, they should have called the, uh, called the album Hitler youth. That would have gone without any kind of warning label. <laughs> it's funny because <laughs> it's, it's true. true. Um, seriously, as Matt pointed out, you know, uh, 
the free Elon Musk has said, look, I'm going to let the users dictate the content and let the market decide. So hate speech is up. Anti-Semitism is up. Use of the N-word went up 500% on the first weekend that Elon Musk lifted the guardrails of Twitter. And, and I don't want to make this about politics. So this is just this is just stupidity gone, 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 you know, amok, run amok. The Kinks. One of Britain's finest, finest bands. Can't put out anything on Twitter because the robot at Twitter that does everything that a human uses. Because Elon, of course, fired everybody when he got there. Fired well, did you half the hear people. what his most recent firing was? No. How he fired this guy who explained to him as one of the engineers. And he calls this guy and said, explain to me why more people aren't seeing my tweets. So then the guy explains it. He cans the guy, and all of a sudden they have to come up with an algorithm to boost Elon's tweets. Yeah. Now you talk about skewed algorithms. I thought his complaint about Twitter was, "Hey, it's biased and it's skewing the results." But okay, I own the place, so boost my tweets up so everybody can see it, whether they want to or not. Well, it's funny that we mentioned the the Senate hearings about whether or not social media was content um, shaming conservatives. Right. And how it was a free speech violation, forgetting completely that Twitter isn't. uh, By the way, the First Amendment applies to the government stopping you from saying what you want, not a private company or business stopping you from saying what you want. Private businesses have the right to set their own content regulations. That's the first, you know, idiotic uh, thing to point out about these hearings about social media and content monitoring monitoring. Yeah, you know, when Elon took all the guardrails off, lots of more hate speech went up. And when Elon's stuff didn't get followed or retweeted or boosted or whatever technical algorithm stuff you do at Twitter, and he asked a kid, why isn't my stuff getting out there? Well, because nobody cares about your stuff. Boom, he's out the door. And Elon puts a whole crew of Twitter engineers on, on the job to make sure that his stuff gets pumped out there and retweeted and boosted. But wait a minute, this is a private company. And if Elon spent $44 billion for this company, I think every Twitter user in America should be forced to have Elon's tweets pinned to the top of their feed. Right? Which is why I stopped (laughs) using Twitter. I never started. What's the point of buying a company if you can't put your name on the marquee out front? But if you care about the long-term health and the future of your company, maybe not make it all about your massive ego. Well, well, clearly, he doesn't care about the long-term health. or He cares about getting his name in the paper and then his name on every the top of everybody's feed. There you go. (laughs) It's been such a fun run tonight. Uh, We'll come back just after these and give you some of the texts that you share with the show tonight. It's Cowboy Nights. Spike on your map. We'll be right back. Welcome back to Kyra Nights. 
fun show tonight. Thanks to Frank Summer for coming in, talking to us about what movies are out in, ho- in Valentine's Day week. I almost said Halloween week, because we look at the movies that were out this week. It's all terror and horror and ugh. From uh, from our Netflix shows to our movie theaters, it's just ridiculous. The the kind of content that gets people to click or or buy a ticket these days, huh? Um, and we mentioned Bruce Willis, who had, had a family had shared the horrific diagnosis for Bruce Willis. He had um, FTD, which I think is a frontal tubal um, dementia, a frontal temporal dementia. Excuse me. Um, and it's a very very bad. It's a very quickly progressing disease, and. It's been affecting Bruce Willis of late. Frank mentioned he has 11 movies coming out this year because he was getting a bit of a hard rap taking B-rate movies, trying to make as much money as he could, basically, because he was having a hard time remembering lines and, and performing for for his directors. And we talked about some of the work Bruce had done from Die Hard to, uh, to you name it, uh, Pulp Fiction. And, and we neglected to mention 12 Monkeys, which is a great movie. Great Bruce Willis movie. Great Brad Pitt movie, too, by the way. People say Brad Pitt's just a pretty face who can't act. Go watch 12 Monkeys and tell me that. He was fantastic in that. Uh, We talked about uh, politicians and should they be up to the job. And a lot of folks had great points of view on that, that we should hold our politicians to a standard of competence, Um, whether it be from the ability to do the job, understand the job, um, whether they have lost their mental faculties over time, whether they stayed too long at the fair, as it's often said, and uh, whether they got the moral fortitude to be in the job. And if term limits was the answer, if uh, keeping – if the Pelosi Act, preventing elected officials from blah, 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 stocks and investments, yada, 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 um, who knows? I don't, we don't know the answer. Um, I like the idea of a quiz show style debate format where politicians had to not just get zingers in on the other candidates, but actually answer questions about the government. The problem with this is you can, quote unquote, hold politicians accountable, but you can't hold voters to be to the standard of being informed. So this is Mm. why you get what we get. You can't have standards for voters. You can just fire the politicians. You can't make the voters any smarter. You're right. How about one of those uh, like they do in England where they can just vote a vote of confidence, right? I love that. That would be great. Not a full-on impeachment where you got to get the, the, the actual, you know, <laughs> impeachment's such a funny business where you have to get two-thirds of the Congress to vote for impeachment. And it's like having the other conspirators in the jury pool. It just doesn't work. It doesn't work in the partisan world we live in today with regard to politics. Oh. Let me see here. And then the kink controversy took over the airwaves and Elon Musk. And if you buy a company, should be able to do whatever the hell you want with it, right? Well, I yeah, mean, but that doesn't mean it's going to be good for the company. There's a lot of things like, like, can you imagine a radio station stacked with all my favorite? Ra- okay, that yeah, would be I could. Great. That'd be good for the company. That's a bad mind. example. <laughs> okay. But I, I, I get your point. If if someone bought a radio station and just played the music they loved, right, all Starland vocal band and, you know, whomever, a striper music all day long, every day. Maybe it's your favorite music and it's your station to play what you want, but you're not going to get a lot of listeners. Hey, Christian hair bands, are, that's that's a growing market segment. Hey, you I can rate you. something with that. Well, they, they'd get an easier time on Twitter than the kinks would. 
King's flag for the word kink. And one of the uh, one of the co- the commenters in that in that story because the it, the story again was on um, stereogum.com and they had uh, the comment section below and said, "Hey, don't blame Elon Musk. Blame the prolifer- proliferation, thank you, of um, of porn and sex, you know, content on Twitter." Just, That's- just, just, just don't kinks shame everybody. <laughs> Come on now. Haven't we? Aren't we mature enough? As no, we're not. Clearly, we're not. <laughs> uh, thanks so much for being a part of the show tonight. I'm Spike O'Neill along with Matt Butler. We'll be back tomorrow night at seven o'clock. And if you really, really are glutton for punishment, I'll be here tomorrow from twelve to three with Jack Stein. So uh, if you think you're mad at me now, come back tomorrow. It's going to be great. Uh, thanks for being here. We'll talk to you guys soon. <laughs>